This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's J-Rocks Lawn Care and Gardening Podcast. Here we are on episode number 53 and it is entitled Raise Them Prices. So this week's episode is just talking about exactly what I'm just saying there, raising them prices. The reason why I'm saying to do so is, I mean, look around us. What is going on at the minute, you know, with everything that that is going on, all the the fuel increases, you know, some places around £2.30 something, I think it was, a garage down in Wales or somewhere south anyway from where I am, what is isn't hard to do. But, you know, with all these increases, Personally, there's only so much I can find that you can physically absorb yourself as a company. And this is a a fine tip for anyone to take that is just starting out that, you know, you're in a prime place right now that if you are choosing to to go ahead and start your own business sort of this year, then in what I would arguably say, I mean, definitely arguably say, is more of a difficult time then when the start of COVID kicked off and, you know, if I, I suppose different things there, but I think it was the uncertainty. That's that's a similarity between sort of now 2022 and, you know, that March, April 2020. And I mean, I, I never started until till later on down the road then, but what I picked up from it was that this huge uncertainty of, of what to do, will everything be all right? You know, what is going to change, you know, or is people just going to start binning off these, let's call us like our additional services. So your window cleaners, your gardeners, you know, are they, are we going to be the first to go? And I think because of that, it leaves you in, in a in a place of not knowing if you're coming or going or what you should do with your prices. Should I, should I chop them down and make sure I get all these jobs or should I price higher to protect myself? It's a question that's probably going through a lot of people's heads. And the reason why I say you know, about them new starters is, you know, you can't afford to go in, I don't think, in your first first six to 12 months, uh, just starting your company or starting this business and, go, and start off as a cheap guy. Now, I realise there needs to be a bit of play there, but what you need, I think it takes a while, and I'm sure many people would agree that are doing this day in, day out, that it takes a little bit of momentum before you start seeing where these these random charges come from you know if you're starting out all brand new kit and you're all singing all dancing happy days but what you might have not done yet is have a bit of kit that breaks down on you and all of a sudden have a bill 
you know, I seen seen uh, one of the lads putting his mower in for a pair the other week. That cost him six hundred quid. And you know, things like this can just drop out of nowhere. And it, it's a it's a fear that I have as well with you know the bigger machinery because the smaller machinery, slightly cheaper in the grand scheme of things, can be either rebought, maybe easier to get your hands on. With having this Ferris that I have, that is a 2014 model, Ferris Evolution, and I spoke about it a few podcasts back, but it's one of them, the sit-ons or standers, you know, they're like a stand and mower, but they've got the seat coming out the back of it. Fantastic bit of kit, but I just worry the fact of its age and maybe how it's been trapped, because I don't know what's happened between now and way back then, that one day something's going to go with that. And I'm going to have to fit this random bill, you know. And if you're only just above the margin line of profit, so you're paying yourself a wage to get by in life, and you're making a little bit extra, just a tiny bit, to to put back into the business, you know, that's going to get swiped several times over very easily if you have a big cost. Now, obviously, I am not a financial advisor. I am not trying to advise you what to do. I'm not trying to tell you what to you know, to put your your services up to or anything like that. I just want to talk about it because it's it seems so relevant at the moment. And there's a few things that kind of come into play here is with these bigger machines costing as much as I do. I mean, a week and a half ago, I put the Ferris Evolution in to get refueled. And I say I put it in, like I'm putting it to a, a mechanic or something. But I, I end up refueling. And there was two litres in the tank. I know that because it ran out and I refilled it. I believe it's a 20 litre tank. There are thereabouts. And it cost me £50 to fuel that and seven and a half litres in a jerry can. £50. Now, I'm unsure currently at this moment in time how long that'll last me. That may be great and it might last me, you know, get a couple of months out of it, which wouldn't be bad at all. But, you know, if it's anything short of that, then with all these rises it's just it's going to have a knock-on effect to one person and that person's going to be me and so it's had me thinking about raising the prices and I've seen a lot of people talk about it but what I would say is be careful when you do it you need to be strategic and I can't say definitely do it before anything gets worse or you should have done it two months ago or you know wait for it to blow over a little bit and then raise your prices just as people are back on the up because the thing is, is everyone's clientele is slightly different. The demographic that you're aiming at may be completely different to the ones that I'm aiming at. And this is where you need to be careful with the conversation. And the conversations you see is that you don't know what they're doing. You don't know who their clients are. They may be very well off. And that's why they've been able to stick an extra 10 or 15% on, on top of all their prices. Whereas with you, you might have people that's kind of borderline paycheck to paycheck and and when that's happening you know you may be the first ones that they're thinking about dropping off but they've kept you because you're doing so well and then you know all it takes is that email of a price rise to come through and they say unfortunately I can't do it anymore so you've got you've got to be careful with that but one reason why I'm kind of talking about this apart from it being relevant is I was at a client's today they're more I normally cut their grass every two weeks, roughly. It's about, it's over a third of an acre. So it's just, yeah, between a third and two thirds of an acre. And this property has 
it's more like a field that gets kept neat, let's call it. But we normally use their ride-on. My last visit on Wednesday, the ride-on broke down. Now, this has happened before several times, and I've either just, you know, they've been a client for a long time, I've just helped them out, I've either just pulled my mower out and said, look, I'll finish it off on my own, and I've just left it as that. But I do a certain price for them, and for going there and basically not spend any particular amount of time, but I'll do then I'll do something for them, you know, and it's usually... As a backup, it's normally just border work, but I could also go there and do some pruning or cut the grass, whatever it might be. But I have a visit there, you know, every two weeks. That is usually under under an hour, quite frankly. And, you know, this is normally £40, and I'm there for under an hour, just to share the price with you. Now, one thing that happened this week when I went is they mentioned that that broke down and that would I be able to use use their uh, use my own mower that they've seen me bring along a couple of times the ferris evolution when i wanted to get some pictures of it and things like that this is a nice uh, sea view in the background that sort of thing and you know he even said himself when he came out he says would there be any chance he says of, of course we'd cover any fuel and everything else now this is only bumping it up to about 50 pounds so we haven't set the price yet with them but it is it's a fact that he's thinking already like he knows what's going on in the industry and some clients understand what's happening so straight away he was like how much would it cost you for like for the fuel to do this sort of this sort of job and it was something like less than way less than a litre to, to cut that sort of size with how it's kept there's next to no growth the way it is and you know so we worked it out and you know we came to a, a price of at least a 10 pound more for if i had to cover fuel if he had to cover fuel for any point and, you know, it takes me only somewhere around 40 minutes to cut, 40, 45 minutes to cut. So it's maybe closer to a third of an acre. And, you know, it was one of them that it just, them people understand what's going on. And if that's what's happening and you've got certain clients across the board that are like that, you know that you can have that conversation about just the fuel side of things. But fuel is only one element at the minute of why we should be looking at razor prices. As you may or may not know, I am currently trying to buy a house, trying to sell my current one. We're trying to move into somewhere slightly bigger where we've just got maybe an extra room, a bit of land around it, whatever it might be. We've seen one and we've put an offer in. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because, funny enough, nothing is finalized yet. Offer hasn't been accepted. You know, we're not secure with what house we found. But the problem with it is the mortgage rates. So this is another thing. The mortgage rates, and I believe it's just the APR on credit cards, things like that, they've all went through the roof apparently, or they're about to go through the roof. So if it's everything's getting, everything's affecting your business from all these different angles, you're entitled to raise that price. Now, the, the point that I want to get across here is even if you're very young, you're still living with family, or in other cases, you might be in shared housing of some form, or you might just not have that many overheads. You shouldn't, just because it's not affecting you yet, you shouldn't just keep your price of where it is. I totally believe that regardless where you are, everything else is going up and your cost somehow, it's going to come across and bite you. You're going to have to pay extra board or your electricity or your fuel uh, if you pay for oil in the house. That's going up through the roof. One of the houses that we visited was over £1,600 
for just to refuel the uh, the oil tank. I think it was about a thousand liters. So, you know, everything's sort of adding up here, and it leaves us in a situation where, you know, if we want to do these jobs to a good standard, and we we still want to keep our foot in the door here, then we need to kind of make a stand somewhere that this is this is the point that we'll raise to. And whatever that figure is, that is completely down to you. You might up everyone, every client by a pound, and you might be happy with that. I've seen a lot of people that raised up by five pounds, you know, a month or two ago that maybe seen this coming a bit more. And everyone's raising them at different rates. But you will have to be prepared, and I'm telling people this now, clients will naturally drop you in some way, shape, or form, as I spoke about earlier on. You might... If you've got 100, I reckon you'd maybe lose a few, you know, if you've got a good solid client base. Because amongst everything else, it's just not massively affordable for everyone. And I just want to say, I get that this isn't fully a, like a gardening chat at the moment, everything I'm talking about. But I just, if you're not thinking about it already, because you're, you know, you're living under a rock or whatever it might be, then I just want to bring it to attention and start this conversation of, what are people doing? Because if you, I, I fear that if everyone leaves it until when it's already too hard, then it'll be far too hard to increase. And I think that's just, that's just something that you've got to bite. Also with that, not knowing how the next sort of 80 month is going to go, how the economy is going to repair, if it's going to repair, we need to be looking at them contracts. So there's a couple of things going on at the minute for myself, for example, there is a couple of contracts I'm writing up for. There's a domestic client that is going back abroad. They're originally from America. They're going back over there, but they own this house over in the UK. They're basically going to go over, let it out. And the feeling that I'm getting is they're trying to completely automate the letting service of their household, right? Now, I'm left in a predicament here where I've got a certain price that, you know, it normally costs them each month. but if anything changes and we're tied into this sort of 12 month agreement with each other, I don't need to be thinking about how much everything costs right now, how bad everything might be or whatever my pricing is. I need to think what's my pricing. Am I going to be changing my pricing come January? If so, I may need to actually implement that now. So it's still within this contract. So things like this, where even if it's commercial and you're going out there and you're, you know, God forbid you're running three vans, a few different crews, you're running, you know, you got 12 mowers out every single week uh, doing different sort of areas and spaces. Your your overhead on all this is going to be pretty pretty damn high. So it's thinking about what you're going to... If you're thinking, oh, I'll up the prices next year, then you might want to bring it forward a little bit to this year and just look after yourself. Another thing that, uh, that I've noticed where I've felt the bite of it already, and it's only one client, but we up the price of this one client from... 20 she was a legacy client it's literally it's about seven minutes you're in and out this garden you're gone and it's en route to another one so that was 20 pound and like i say it was a legacy client as i've said like many times through my podcast i moved my minimum to 25 so it was long overdue to change hers at the start of the year and so change it at 25 just so it was a, a plain level playing field and you know lo and behold got in touch with, well she got in touch with me not long after our last visit and said look is there anything we can do about the price and you know this is someone I've had since you know one of my first three to five jobs 
was this lady here and I crack on with the work she's she's always happy with the result of everything you know 25 pound I'm in now it's like seven to ten minutes ten minutes if it's really really bad but it's only a small back garden and I have a feeling you know I got back to her and I says look I completely understand and this is the thing here you've got to be sincere with them because you don't know what your clients going through then they might not just be trying to skim you down they might be struggling in more ways than you might know and the advice that I've passed out as of late to to some of the other people in the community is that at the end of the day you don't know what's happening financially with them and when you know if it is a financial matter you end things on a good note then the only thing that's going to happen is that once when they're in a place to to pick someone up again, you're going to be top of that list, right? Like, they're going to come for you, and they're going to ring you, and they're going to say, hey, Sam, you know, loved everything that you did with our garden for the last three years. We're now in a position where we can take you back on. You know, do you have space? And and that's what you'd want to hear. What I would hate to happen is for anyone to get a bit sour over it and kind of, leave the clients down there and you know leave a bad taste in the mouth so you've 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 really got to look at how you also handle these situations if you get dropped by people leave a good you know leave good sort of finish there and ensure that you understand that you're still there if they require your services again you are still there to help them um and that's kind of i feel the way that we need to move forward with it you know, the amount of times I've talked on then about battery versus petrol and, you know, is the equipment there yet? You know, it's been building up to this. For anyone that's already started making the switch over to, to electric power tools, and I think that you will be in a great position. Having that ego more is completely transformed the the output that I've been able to do. Now, I know a few. there's been a few people that's used them and they don't like them, but the general general feedback I've had from them is that they're, they're absolutely buzzing with it and that they love it. I did a lawn today where it was must have been about two foot high with like wispy grass. Because it cuts all the way up to about 80 mil, you know, you can really lift that deck up and, you know, take reduce the height down where it takes out these weeds and everything else. And I just uh, ejected out the rear of it and, you know... It was fantastic. Didn't get choked up once. Didn't block once. It left a nice finish. You know, there was a couple of uh, of uh, wispy areas that kind of stayed hanging that I had to go back over. But as a whole, it was like one pass, and it was it looked like I'd been mulching. It was fantastic. So there's this this movement over to battery that I think could also really help you as well. I mean, I haven't before buying the big mower. And the ego, they came around the same sort of time actually. But I haven't had to put fuel, I haven't had to spend any more money on fuel actually. I've used a WeBank once since I've had, uh, since I've bought it in. And this whole, the fact that I've got this capability of coming back and charging, and yes, I get it, it still costs money. You know, the electricity to charge your batteries, I understand. But it's nowhere near the current prices of. A, a barrel of fuel or going to the pump kind of thing so it's it's another thing that i would suggest to look at in a point in a position where we are now where everything's kind of going slightly downhill and we need to sort of open up what we can use and what's going to be beneficial i honestly 
can push people more towards battery equipment, whatever brand that is. But, you know, I've used both Ego and Husqvarna now, and they're fantastic machines. It's hard to get demos, so I would say jump online, looking, digging at the reviews. There's going to be quite a few of us that are putting reviews out of the Ego equipment fairly shortly. I know Mike Day, he's, uh, he's already all over it. He's doing a big push with Ego here. They've sent him out loads of great tools. He's more or less got every tool a gardener should could probably want or need. Uh, he's been sent it, so he's going to be doing lots of reviews and all them sort of things. And so keep an eye out on his his YouTube channel. That's Mike Day got JM, and he's up there under that. He's also on Instagram where he does plenty of reels and stuff and little snippets of reviews. But the, hopefully there'll be a few of us up there, sort of talking about these machines and, and what they can do and you know i'm going to go back and i'm probably going to review some of the husqvarna stuff as well because it's stuff i've managed to use for a couple of years and i've had a really good good sort of run in with them uh they've been fantastic i've not had any brother so hopefully that helps as well if you if you need to see sort of some equipment in almost in person then i think it's going to be really helpful Obviously, the conversations have started now about Soltex. That is first week in November. So if anyone does end up going there, then I hope to see you there. Uh, you know, I'm, I reckon this year, hopefully see some good new machines. Because from what I've been hearing, last year was nowhere near as good as some of the other years. But I think it's really there for us to, to hopefully go down, meet up, and, you know, enjoy the, the time together as a community. Everyone that's listening to this now, whether you're just interested and you're a hobbyist or whether you're a professional, you know, I hope to see you down there. And obviously it's it's a feral whack away, but if you do see me down there, please come over and say hi. And if I say yous, I'll do the same because it'll be great to meet a lot of yous in person. But uh, that's just a little side note here. But the main thing is, is that we look after ourselves by looking into our books. You know, I'm seriously bad for it. And that is for just carrying on as you've always done without re-updating yourself, re-checking in with how your business is doing. And, you know, I think a lot of people may be noticing that, you know, now you've got maybe 100 quid less each month or, you know, then the job rotor that you've currently got, it isn't it isn't stretching as far as what you'd normally, normally expect it to. So we just need to keep on top. Uh, as a little sort of, a little inkling of what I'm going to be doing, for raising prices, I personally am going to go down the route of not going too crazy. So, with the amount I've got, I'm probably going to do it by radius. The further someone's away, obviously, the higher the price will be of the increase. But I'm going to be probably looking in the next, I don't know, in the next sort of several months, if not a whole lot quicker than that, next four weeks, uh, sitting down, going through each sort of customer and putting them into radiuses. Anyone that's from this home location, what you should be trying to do anyway, you should be looking at everyone that's that's currently on your list and where they are dotted on a map. You know, you can you could do it through a little uh, through post-it notes and get it all written down. Make your own radius table of three miles radius, five miles, ten miles, whatever your actual radius is, and then you could make incur charges on that. You know, you can literally get the local map of your county or wherever it is online. And do that. Make these circles so that as soon as someone rings you, you know that they're within this this surplus charge zone. But I'm gonna do that on a on a smaller level, and basically anyone that's within 
I haven't actually went through this yet, but anyone that's within the shorter mileage, I'm just going to up their price by 250. And you think, oh, 250, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. But if you're sitting there with 100 clients on your card, uh, you know, it's an extra 250 pound. What is probably going to cover the, the fuel that you're missing out on and probably a little bit more depending on how far you're traveling and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to incur some ideas of what may be of help. I think the main thing to take away from this, increasing your price, is to to not let it bypass you. Don't be too home proud and or self proud, business proud, and absorb every single bit of the cost because no one's winning if you end up going bankrupt. You know, if you end up getting to the point where your family are then losing out, or you know, even if you're by yourself, you start suffering and you have to make your own cuts. You have to look after the business and in order to look after your clients. And that's the way it's got to go. Everyone that, you know, wants to do well by the clients and, you know, loves that customer service side of this job. Fantastic. You know, that's that's half the battle right there. If you can come around and you can put that energy in your clients and you want to to make them happy, you want to do the very best job by them, you want to be there being the go-to person that they call or that when they tell their pals about the girl, oh, this guy's brilliant or this girl's brilliant. You know, you want to be that person. But you can't be that person physically if you're sitting there with, you know, running your van on fumes. You've got to be able to make sure the the van's still running, the business is still operating as it's supposed to. You're still, you know, you've got your own balance. Because God don't I know it that you know, everything at the moment between moving houses, handling everything with the business, the other job, making sure, making sure that I'm making these upgrades to the business and I'm not just being, you know, blind to it all. It takes its toll and it can take its toll on many areas of your life. And so we, we owe it to ourselves to, to look after ourselves and to jump in this community and to start conversations like this where you know, we're talking openly. We're not keeping our cards so close to our chest and going, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to tell them that I'm, mine's 350 instead of 250, but, you know, I'll just say something different. You know, at times like this where we all work so far from each other, I think we need to look after each other. And and with that, it comes this side of it where, you know, you, you do the charges, you look after the business, that then looks after your clients and everyone's sort of happy. Right, this episode's been a bit short and sweet. I don't want to talk on it too much because, like I say, I haven't got a plan for it all. I just want to create a bit of awareness. Obviously, everyone's hearing everything on the news with it. You've probably seen it on your bank statements. You've seen it when you're on the, the fuel pump. God, don't, don't I know it? The £80 my four transit customers, or sorry, was when I first got it. What was that? Eight months ago, last December, whatever we're in now. So that was £80. It was about 83 quid to, to fill the tank from near empty to full done it again the other day and 110 so you know i'm you know you're edging on about 30 pound extra tank we just need to be aware we need to not let it pass us by and just go oh that's expensive because yeah it is but we need to do something about it as well and that's what this is about anyway i hope you all have a great weekend for those that are hitting the heat wave and you know the children in the garden you've got the weekend off i hope you thoroughly enjoy it those that are grafting away this weekend and maybe listening to this while, you know, you're out there grafting, putting in some extra hours, 
then you know I really hope that you have a good good shift and you know you're not falling too far behind because the demand is still there and we all need to remember that is the demand is still there and if needs be you've got to take it and that's just one of the things that I think we're gonna we're gonna face going through all this but take care have a great weekend and I'll see you in the next podcast